the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 113 of the Severe MMA podcast is here. My name is Sean Sheehan. Like every week, I'm with the Bobby Madley of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. And this week, we're going to talk a lot about MMA and the big picture. And we're going to look back at the fights and we're going to look forward to next week's fights and a whole lot more. Uh, we're going to talk about, obviously, about Mighty Mouse and his place in MMA and that whole very, very good Fox card. We're going to look ahead to the uh, big fight for Artem Labov, obviously, coming up against Cub Swanson next week. And we're going to talk a little bit as well about Brian Moore, who fought last week. Unfortunately, we couldn't see the fight, but uh, we'll, we'll discuss that and more. Graham, how are you? Good. Good well, weekend. I was out drinking until uh, this afternoon, so uh, <laughs> I'm working on a couple hours of sleep, but uh, I'm, I'm all right. You, what, what time have we now? Five past twelve. We had a, a whole load of um, issues with internet connections and fucking everything before we started. So hopefully this will be okay. I mean, we don't have like a five minute podcast, but um, two good wins today. Man United destroyed Chelsea. Liverpool handed another game by referees. <laughs> what the, what happened in the Liverpool game? I, don't know, no, did it <laughs> I just kind of have to say, people are expecting me to say it now. Yeah, yeah. No, well, uh, the, hand, the hand of Pereira had a, had a big hand in uh, in Man United's victory, didn't it? Oh, it was ball to hand, like ball to hand. You know, some are given some are completely outstretched arm. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad, all right? And uh, Rashford was actually offside as well, I think. Did, like, there oh, was, was he? I didn't even yeah. seen much of the day or anything else. Though, yeah. As you'd call it, that was a typical Man United goal. That was oh, <laughs> straight yeah. out of the Fergie playbook. But the offside, the offside was debatable. It was kind of a toe, you know. It was, and you know, as well when they like pause the ball and stuff. So and and the, the yeah. um and if it's if it's if it's really close, the advantage just goes to the attacker. You can't give it offside if it's if it's not definitely offside. Yeah. United were much the better team though. I was surprised. I was expecting us to get trashed, but yeah, the Liverpool West Brom game was pretty even. I thought I actually missed the goal. I missed like two minutes of the game, and they scored a goal, and I haven't even seen it yet. But I, I saw like the other eighty-eight minutes was a pretty even out. Like West Brom, I think didn't Liverpool start had a different goal as well for for offside. Um, I haven't seen the the highlights though. I just saw a short one, a Rigi apparently. Um, I was trying to. I was sleeping after my night out. I remember I was watching a little bit of Limerick getting absolutely destroyed in the league semi-finals also maybe but uh, yeah like I think the top four is Liverpool now but this was their hardest game of the running uh, to go so unfortunately Crystal, Crystal Palace are in very good form at the moment as well though yeah they are but yeah ho- look hopefully Liverpool throw it away they've done it before so you know there's always that hope there but yeah <laughs> never know Man United have Man City as well to play and if we beat them we'll be over them with the games in hand and stuff so Hopefully that happens when I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. But, yeah. We're going against a uh, tough, tough Anderlecht side during the week. Yeah, 1-1. Like, when United, just, like, when United <laughs> scored the second goal today, I was just so happy it wasn't the 1-1. I, did, I, like, I didn't even care if Chelsea won 3-2. I was just so happy it wasn't a 1-1. That right back for, uh, for Anderlecht was even worse than Albert Moreno. Like, he, he was awful. Yeah, their centre back was good though. I don't know his name now, but uh, very good. 27-year-old dude. Sign him up. Couldn't be much worse than fucking Lucas anyway, you know. <laughs> Lucas, the living legend himself. Yeah, Lucas. Yeah, sure. So, of course, it's easy to be a living legend when West Brom are playing. You know, resting all their best players against you. Man United rested their best player and still beat Chelsea today. So, 
Uh, sure, Chelsea, uh, Mc- or uh, got somebody got injured in the warm up, did they? And then they played a sub keeper as well. Well, he got injured as well. So we've uh, like our whole back four is injured. Our best striker on the subs, Mata, our most productive assist maker, gone as well. As long as the ref is there to give you give you handball decisions and offside decisions, that's all you need. Uh, we would have won anyway. We would have won anyway. But anyway, <laughs> let's, let's, get, let's get into the MMA. And speaking of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, let's talk about the other goat, and that is Demetrius <laughs> Mighty Mouse Johnson. Before we get into all the goat talk and all, let's talk about the actual fight itself. How how impressed were you with this fight? How perfect was this? Yeah, it was a brilliant performance, even for for DJ's high standards. Uh, just just so elusive and just brilliant absolutely brilliant the most unlikely method of victory probably people would have thought before the fight and uh he got the down bar pretty easy because he'd beaten wilton ace up pretty badly by that stage yeah, i was just like what can you say about this as well it's it's actually unbelievable how good he is like i know we'll get into the pound for pound talk later on but like look look at his striking he's just he goes from orthodox to Sopa and he doesn't miss one beat. It's like he's the the best in the division in Sopa and the best in the division in orthodox. He's like Ronnie O'Sullivan changing hands, you know. He's just he's unbelievable. Goes to the ground, just wrestles Wilson Hayes to death. Before that, couldn't get a takedown on him. Unbelievable takedown events. Just shrugged him off every time. Went down, dominated the black belt, world champion, former world champion. I think he was a world champion in the brown belt, uh, but he's a black belt now just absolutely dominated him past his guard, got the armbar, finished him. It was just the most... I've never been as awestruck watching a fight as I have watching that. Like, I've been... There's more shocking fights like Anderson Silva, Weidman, McGregor, Aldo and stuff like that, but I've never... It, it, like, he was like a ninja. You know those films where, like, the, it's, like, dark and the ninja comes in and he, like, cracks five fellas' heads and then he just walks out, you know, and you, he, he's gone before they even drop. That was, like, Mighty Mouse. It was, it was just... <laughs> It was like it was unbelievable. I've I've actually never seen anything like it. He is the best mixed martial artist, the most skilled mixed martial artist of all time by a country mile. I think. Mm. Yeah, well, I think the current crop of, of of top fighters are definitely the best of all time. Like all the the old school fighters are, are way behind the game's moved on so much. So whoever's at the top of the game now, in in whatever the consensus opinion, would be the the best of all time. Yeah, like, uh, just on, on this fight, I thought, like, his ability to just nullify everything Wilson Hayes tried to do was, uh, like, unbelievable. Like, you, you can just keep saying good things about him. Like, what Wilson Hayes was trying to do was just trying to lead that lead, land that lead hook all the time. And um, Matt Hume said it to Demetrius Johnson in between rounds that that's what he was trying to do. And, like... Even before he landed one, I think in the second round, and that was basically all he landed in the whole fight. No, Dimitri Johnson was just—he was just slipping everything. He was seeing it coming. He was gone. Like the way the the finishing move where he are the um at the sorry the end of the the second round, he landed knee which dropped Wilson Hayes and he almost finished him at the end of the second round. Like what he did, he was standing in in one stance. I think he was standing in the uh, in the orthodox stance. And then, like, he throws a jab, and then he immediately, like, all in one second, he immediately switches to Sopa, throws a jab again, and then hits him with the knee. Just, like, 
like a click of a finger like that just done and he was like he was knocked down brian sand said in the ground oh, he didn't hit him he wasn't knocked down like it was the body shot that hurt him and knocked him down and he almost finished him on the ground like it's it's things like yeah, that some really nice body work in general mm. by uh dj that's a kind of thing he's added to his game a bit more he he varied his, his strikes like beautifully as you're saying transitioning in between stances and he was just he was just clearly a class above like uh, he never seemed in any trouble at all and uh and obviously beating beating the guy uh, at his own strength is a is a good feather in the cap as well yeah like everything he did was just with speed accuracy you know precision like you you watch you watch a guy like Dimitri Johnson and you think why can't other people be like him you know so watching guys like Rory McDonald coming up could he be that guy you know he's striking is really good crisp he's wrestling is good but he kind of str- you know struggles to put it together like loads of different people, but like say like in the Aldo, he does everything very well, but he kind of relies on his striking, you know, everything he does, he wins with his striking, and obviously apart from the McGregor fight, but he does that. Um, John Jones, his wrestling is obviously really good as well, he uses it the odd time, not as much as Dimitri Shanson, and usually wins with his striking. Daniel Cormier, you know, adds in the striking, uses his, his wrestling as well. You know, everyone has their strengths in, in a specific area, Mixed martial arts is Mighty Mouse's strength. Every area is his strength. He can do it all. You know, he's he truths as you said, he work in the body. He was trying to kick to the body. And I was thinking, like, when it gets to the fourth and fifth round, this is gonna be an easy fight for him because he's gas tank gone. He, you know, he was attacking with high kicks from both stances. One takedown, gone down and finished him. You know, submitted you know, the best uh jujitsu guy in the division. It's just like he's just unbelievable. I, like what he what he does so well as well, I think. Like I love talking about range, and I think range at the lower weights as well is is a huge thing because you know because of the speed and because guys can move away from the strikes quicker. You know, if you fight at a at a longer range, but DJ manages to fight from a range that's longer than most people would fight in that division. Yet he still lands all the time, and that's obviously down to his speed, but it's down to you know his ability as well you know he's just perfected everything like we look at a holly home who fights at like a long range and just can't get in and struggles fight after fight after fight to try to get in and mighty mouse can just do it effortless effortlessly and he is just like he's an example for all other fighters to get to i think and they can't get there but he is that example for me yeah no he's he, he was really it really was like a uh a, a nearly flawless performance like he must be he, uh, looking at the significant strike numbers they say he was hit 16 times uh, like i don't know how many of them are actually significant i don't think any of them were significant um in in impact terms anyway and uh he, he just he just completely dominated um you, you were saying it was nice the best in the division on the ground i don't know if he is i think didn't he lose to formiga kind of on the ground or maybe he's one of them anyway he's definitely yeah, like he's yeah, yeah. but he's yeah. like the way he, he made it look so easy he made he made was mm-hmm. nice look like he he was just another guy on the ground when he's with so much more than that like. yeah he's like and i suppose then like we get to like wilson hayes is what what more could wilson hayes done i suppose that's that's the thing to look back on like we last week we spoke about anthony johnson and how he kind of threw it away maybe or didn't fight to up to the level where he did and i think like there's if you look back at Eddie Oliver's against McGregor, there's been lots of people like that who kind of got destroyed in fights. You're like, oh, where did it go wrong? Um, I think this is more of an Eddie Alvarez side than Anthony Johnson. I don't think Wilson Hayes threw it away or he anything. Like nothing that. for him anywhere, basically. Yeah. 
he, he, I thought he did everything he could. Like he threw his shots. He let his hands go. He threw that big hook that usually um, is good for him. He went for takedowns. You know, he tried everything. But... Yeah, he was trying to move his head as much as possible. He was mm-hmm. he was trying to be elusive, but he just kept. He was the precision of Demetrius Johnson was was, was just landing, and then he uh, it wasn't. He obviously slowed down, and then he uh, Demetrius Johnson just turned it up and, and just put a beating on him. <laughs> yeah. Um. Are you with me that Dimitri Shanton is the number one uh, pound for pound fighter in the world? Is there? Yeah, I think so. I I think though sometimes after like a really impressive performance like this, I think like I think I already I already probably would have went with him um, before, but the John Jones thing is is the only thing. But um, John Jones isn't is, John Jones could fulfill, fulfill the potential that he has, but it's kind of looking more and more unlikely and and. We, we, it turns now like John Jones is kind of cage. He could have been rusty and uh, against uh, OSP, or he couldn't. Maybe maybe he's not improving at the rate that uh, Demetrius Johnson is. So there's kind of an unknown there with John Jones. But this the the easy pick for it is is, is Demetrius Johnson. Like, I think when people are talking about the pound for pound list, they they look too much even at records. I think when I think about pound for pound, I think who is the best fighter. Yeah. But we haven't seen John Jones get like German suplexed around by a guy heavier than him, you know, like we have Demetrius Johnson. I know that was a few years ago now, but Dominic Cruz was like dominated him in the grappling, like and was suplexing him around and just like won the fight clearly. I thought. Um, so the fact that like Jones, okay, his loss to Matt Hamill is is just the ref being an idiot. That that doesn't really count, like to be honest. So John Jones is pretty much undefeated, and we've never seen him kind of dominated in any facet of the game yeah but like the thing about pound for pound and uh, this whole debate is it's you fighting at your weight versus everyone else fighting at their weight like i don't think there's any debate that Demetrius johnson was too small for 135 that's not his weight and like 10 pounds mightn't see much but when you're that small it is you know that's that's a huge amount of that like Demetrius johnson he said in lead up to this fight he could fight at 105 pounds or sorry 115 pounds that's you know he's not a big guy Dominic Cruz has fought 145 pounds. You know, he's he is a, a big 135er. He is way, way bigger than Demetrius Johnson. Like that was that wasn't a fair fight. That's why I've I've said all along. I've I, you know I don't want to see him fighting again unless it's you know Demetrius Johnson getting a lot of money. He didn't I can understand it, but like that's a man getting beaten by that someone that big, like. It, it just makes no sense. Like if if Conor McGregor went out and he fought um, Yoel Romero and got beaten, like would you, you know, would you say he's not a good, he's not one of the best fighters in the world because he lost to someone way bigger than him? You know, or, or but that'd be that'd be a lot bigger of a difference though than yeah. But uh, they're bigger guys. I uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, but uh, say Tyron Woodley or something. Uh, okay, like one weight above where he's champion now. Like, well, Tyron's probably walking around at two hundred pounds, is he? Yeah, but <laughs> he's like, a pretty big still, guy. Uh, like, what's what's Dominic Cruz walking around at? He's like cutting down to one thirty-five. He's probably walking around at one, at least one fifty. Like, what? Demetrius yeah. Johnson walks around at like one thirty, one thirty-five. You know, he's he's a way way bigger than him for that size, I think. But like, that's kind of getting off the point. I think yeah. it kind of people have different kind of interpretations of what pound for pound is and what it means, and it's kind of it's just not it's like a kind of made up thing so there's no like real definition for what it is so i think the the debate people kind of debate the pound for pound list but they're kind of using different parameters so they're never going to agree (laughs) 
it's fair enough. Like, if you want to make the argument, oh, John Jones has beaten better people. Of course he has. He He's definitely beaten better people than Dimitri Johnson, than, you know, a lot of people. But, like, if you just look at the skills, like, Dimitri Johnson can only be what's in front of him as well. You know, say, if if Ovan St. Pru, if John Jones and Daniel Cormier and Anthony Johnson and Gustafsson weren't there, and if he was beating everyone in front of him, like, he still wouldn't have the skill set that Demetrius Johnson has. It's the fact that Demetrius Johnson has that skill set and he's so much better than everyone else, you know, makes it look like, oh, well, can he do it against someone else? We, well, we don't know that. But the fact remains that he has that skill set. Like, he has, like, look, if you look at him, people are talking about Daniel Cormier, which I think is just a farcical joke anyway. Like, the, I'd have Aldo, McGregor, and um, uh, Johnson above uh, above Cormier at the moment. Like, Cormier is a very, very good fighter. But, like, look at Cormier striking. If you're putting on a pound-for-pound pound list, it's just not that good, like... It, let's be honest here about it. Like his wrestling is unbelievable. His um his clinch game is unbelievable. Everything like that. Really, really good, really good fighter. But if you're putting him up against Demetrius Johnson, like look at Demetrius Johnson's clinch. Really, really good. Look at his ground game. His wrestling, unbelievable. Look at his submissions. Come like how many people has Daniel Cormier submitted? He hasn't got the tail. He hasn't got the tail game that DC has. The <laughs> yeah. A, but if you if you just break them down like that, if people think oh Daniel Cormier is number one pound for pound striking, no. Wrestling, okay, Daniel Cormier is probably a, a little bit better, but Dimitri Johnson's unbelievable wrestling. Clinch, I'd say Cormier is definitely better there. Uh, submissions on the, on the ground, passing guard and everything like that, I'd say Dimitri Johnson is better. Like, I, I think Demetrius has, like, like, I think he's better than Conor McGregor. I think obviously, McGregor's striking is unbelievable. And McGregor is one of those guys who brings a fight and does everything to get the fight there where he wants it to go to, and he can win there, as we saw with, like, Nate Diaz and, you know, years ago, I know, but just stuffy and stuff. But one, if he gets taken out of that, then he can be beaten. Demetrius Johnson isn't like that. You know, Demetrius Johnson... Mm. But what about this? Do you, think, do you think Cody Garbrandt could possibly make 125? Or not could possibly? Do you think he could make 125? He says he could, but is he going down for Demetrius Johnson? But if, if he does, if he can make it and he goes down, who would you pick in that fight? I'd pick, uh, probably pick Demetrius, I think. But like the size is there again, like Cody is a big guy as well, you know, compared yeah. to Demetrius. Demetrius is tiny, like he's, like Wilson Hayes is way bigger than him last night. So. Is there anybody at heavyweight that you think could make could make 205 and possibly beat John Jones or have a good chance mm. of beating John Jones? Kane, could Kane make it? Steve He couldn't make 205. <laughs> they're like, I think they're 40 pounds over that. I don't know. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's different as well. Like the smaller weights, there's, you know, there's a bigger difference between, like, in, look at boxing. Like, mm. you go up two and three pounds to go between weights. You know, like, look at, I know they're talking about uh, Kelbrook. Like, he went up to fight, um, uh, Triple G, and I think what did he went up? I think like he used to be one, one forty. Now he's fine one forty seven, or at least he's going to be soon. And then he, I think he went up to like one fifty five, and he like he was massive. It was like a Goliath in front of him. And like what's that one forty seven? Like eight pounds up in weight, you know. And that's even higher than him. Like I think I think we have like a distorted view sometimes in MMA of so that's ah, only ten pounds, or you know the, the difference between say welterweight and middleweight or something like that what's that 15 pounds or stuff like but once you get once you get bigger the weights are different uh, i think like the smaller weights there's much more of a difference like demetri johnson fought like what was it probably 50 percent, 60 percent of his career at a higher weight than he should have like look at the likes of neil siri who fought like up as far i think he fought up as far as lightweight you know i was losing you know i was like an eight and eight record or something and then he gets uh, a division of his own and he wins like what like 
six out of six out of seven fights or something like that in a row. Like it makes a huge difference, you know. And uh, like I can't I I can't stress that enough. Like if you're holding the loss against Dominic Cruz against him from years ago, like that that's unbelievable. He has ten title fight wins in a row. That like that is unbelievable. I and he it's just it's not even that. Like it's just his skill set. I, I can't get over like how can you look at his skill set look at his strike and look at his wrestling look at his uh, submissions and jiu-jitsu game and not say he's the best in the world like he's he's better than john jones if if they were both the same way this you know if you could magically get the skill set of demetrius johnson his speed his you know his power his submissions his wrestling everything onto a two of either and fought john jones who'd win Mm, but like John Jones would have a lot more speed if he was one twenty five. Yeah, he would. But like John, John Jones uses his size, I think, more than anything else. You know, Demetrius Johnson doesn't have that ability. And if he was bigger, he'd be able to use that size as well. No, he'd be slower if he was bigger as well. Though. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's always it's, it's such a such a made up thing that it's just it's hard to it's hard to nail it down. Like people say, oh, he's clearly the best the best pound for pound, but it's 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 not clear. Like you know, it's it's very murky. It very murky. No, it's clear. <laughs> like I think Jones is the only one close. I think Jones is the only one that can um that can get near him. Like McGregor's, I think is definitely hard for me. I think Aldo's there. Like you can't hold an eleven second knockout against Aldo that much. Like he just destroyed a, a strong enough division as well for for years and years. You know, brief Frankie Edgar, who people talk about an awful lot. You know, Chad Mendes. How strong was that division though that he beat? I think it's good. Mm. Yeah. Do you know? I don't think it's as strong as as people like to make out. Do you know? Yeah, there's some there's some like some nice fights in there for Manny Gamburian and the boys. Like, <laughs> let's remember thinking about Carmi as well. He lost at light heavyweight. He lost at his own division. Who? Uh, Daniel Cormier. Oh, Cormier. Sorry, I was. Uh, yeah. Well, uh... Aldo, in fact. Yeah. So Carmi and Aldo both lost. McGregor has lost at welterweight. Well, the... Daniel Cormier actually never fought at his proper weight class. What's that? Welterweight. <laughs> <laughs> no, 206.2. 206.2 champion of the world. Yeah, but yeah, fuck what you think. Dimitri Johnson is pound for pound number one. That, that I don't disagree, be... but I just, I, there's, a, there's a debate for, for John Jones as well, I think. There's an argument yeah. there. Well, I don't think there is, but he's the only one, like, he's the only one that there's could be a debate for, not Daniel Carmen. Like, I think a lot of people picked this up from Ariel as well, and Ariel said it, and look, I like I I love Ariel. He's a great man, but we all have our wacky moments. I think <laughs> I think that was one of his wacky moments. To be honest, I don't think Daniel Connor. I like I think he'd probably admit that himself after the weekend. Maybe not, but I just I don't think so. Like he's a great fighter. Like I'm not taking anything away from Daniel Connor. He's as I said, they're like top four, top five pound for pound fighters in the world. There's nothing to sneeze at there. Like there's some like unbelievable fighters that we spoke about. Cody Garbrandt. Like he's blowing steep. Uh, Joanne and Jacek, Dominic Cruz. Just looking at the list here: Tyron Woodley, Bisping, Nunes, Holloway. Like all great fighters, and I think he is above them definitely. But for me, Demetrius Johnson is number one. Boom. Right. Shall we move down down the card a bit and? Um, Talk a little bit about some of the other fights on the card. Before we get to the other ones on the main cards, let's look at a couple from lower down. Aljamain Sterling. How impressed were you with Aljamain Sterling this time and his, uh, his improved output? Um, yeah, I wasn't overly impressed. But, uh, yeah, I kind of I kind of expected it to go how it went. So maybe that was why it was kind of... It was, it was about what I expected. 
Yeah, I, like I thought, coming in, that Augusta Mendes was a good matchup for him. Now, he's obviously very dangerous on the ground and all like that, and everything like that. But, and he's he hits hard too, as we saw. I think it was in the, it was in the first round, he kind of he kind of knocked him, uh, he knocked him down at one stage. But I, like Algerman Serling, we complain about it, well, not complain about, but kind of, um, Objective, objectively criticised his performance in his last couple of fights, saying like he wasn't letting his hands go, he wasn't pushing the pace enough, he wasn't taking those fights that he could have. And I thought he did it this time. To be fair, I thought he upped that output. I thought he was trying to finish him a lot more. I thought, you know, I thought he was going for it. Um, and he's like, he's still a guy that's learning. He's like, he's obviously a supreme athlete. He's trying to fight long. He's trying to fight in that kind of John Jones uh, way of fighting. And that takes time to develop when, you know, when you're not John Jones, basically, when you're not like an ultra gifted, you know, Superman. But I think Algerman Sterling, give him another year or two, you know, 18 months. And he's, I really think he's going to keep climbing. But, you know, I have no problem with this, with this sort of bomb. Augusta Mendes is a good guy. Like, and you, you have to feel sorry for him too. Like, Aljamain Sterling, Cody Garbrandt, I think he's he's a better fighter. He deserves maybe a step back in, in competition as well and to get a couple of wins. But, yeah, I think Aljamain Sterling is is one for the future, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. He definitely has loads of raw potential and uh, he's, uh, he's, he's putting it together. Yeah, I would agree. Right. Uh, Tim Elliott against Lewis Smoke in the new unanimous decision to... Um, cooler. <laughs> Tim Elliott. Um, yeah. It was what a fight, though. Unbelievable. I like 30 27 yeah, unbelievable. Tell the story of it, I don't think. I thought Lewis Smoke, I did. I gave him one round. I think, was it the first or second round, I think I gave him. I thought he was doing a lot more from the bottom. And it, like, it was a type of fight Lewis Mulker kind of would have wanted, where it was back and forth and scrambles over and over. Tim Elliott did very well to not get caught in anything, really, apart from a darts at one stage, which I thought Smolka had, but uh, he didn't get any in. But really, really mm. fun fight. Yeah, Smolka just, he, he, he can't keep losing the first round. It's such an uphill battle if, once you've lost the first round. He, just, he, he gets off to a slow start. And then it's it's an uphill battle, but it was such it was such a good fight, like such good scrambles, high paced. Um, I don't think it, like uh, Smoke has obviously he's picked up a couple of losses recently, but uh, I don't think his stock has gone down much. Like he's always great to watch, and I think uh, I think I think the style matchup and the, the size of Tim Elliott, as I was saying uh, last week, was was just going to be too much for him, and it was. But he definitely wasn't wasn't uh, comprehensively beaten as as the as you say with the. 30-27 judges scorecards. Yeah. They were all very close rounds. I think Lewis Smolka is a bit naive in the way he fights. You know, I think he lets kind of guys take him down. I think this was like the most takedowns ever in a flyweight or flyweight fight. Uh, that, I think they said that in broadcast, yeah, but he loves it on the ground so much that he kind of lets it go there and... You know, he's striking really hasn't come on, and he hasn't come on the way I thought. Like, I I, I was thinking, talking about Lewis Smolka as maybe a challenger for Dimitri Johnson a few fights ago, and obviously, what's his three in a row he's lost now, I think. So that's, you know, that's that's tough on him. Like, I'd love to see him go to a big camp. I, don't, I think he's still training in Hawaii, as, as far as I know. Like, I'd love to see him at a Jackson's or somewhere like that. Um, you know, training full time, working on his stand up, working on his takedown defense, and like getting the getting the ground, getting the fight to the ground when he wants it, rather than just like all the time. Um, so yeah, like I still have hope for Lewis Smolka, but at the moment, you know, he's not just not getting there. But as you said, unbelievably exciting. Tim Elliott as well. I'm very impressed with Elliott. You know, I kind of I didn't write him off before this, but I thought Demetrius was like a little bit off in that last fight, and um. You know, and so like Tim, 
maybe he made Tim look a little bit better than he actually is. But I don't I think know. Tim is just so awkward. Is. He's just yeah. so he, he's unorthodox and 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 he's just he's difficult to deal with. He's difficult to prepare for. Um, yeah, he's just he's just kind of unorthodox in in stand up and on the ground. Um, and he was very big. He's very big for the division as well. So that's. Uh, that's that's definitely a factor in it, I think, as well, and, and how much bigger he was than Demetrius Johnson. Yeah, uh, Rashid Mag- uh, Rashid Magomedov against Bobby Green. Like I think Magomedov is a little bit like Aljamain Sterling as well, one of those kind of up and comers who was struggling with his output, and he opted a little bit in this. But I'd like to see it a little bit more as well. I think he's he reminds me like this this bit weird, but he's a bit like McGregor without the power. You know, he's like he fights like him a little bit, you know, kind of stepping in, lighting his feet and coming in, landing with he's very precise striker and you know, very, very good that way. But he just mm. doesn't have the knockout blow. Like if he if he had it, I think he'd be a, just a brilliant, brilliant fighter. But that that's gonna hurt him going forward, I think. When you like when you don't have that output and we we I think we talked about it before in the podcast, but he upped it a little bit in this fight. If it ups a little bit going forward. I think he could be a, he could be a threat gone up there, but I thought Bobby, I was impressed by Bobby Green as well. I thought it was um, really sure. Or, or, I, I thought it was the same old from Bobby Green, hands yeah, down, know. trying to move his head while getting punched in the face and and trying to trash talk while losing. I thought it was more mature than before. I don't think like he he'd his hands down as much as he used to. I think he was he was more intelligent and he, you know, you didn't hear any like stupid shit talk from him or anything like that. Or, you know, you didn't see him like smacking his chest, telling people to come on and stuff like that. I, you know, I had Rashid Megamedov winning thirty twenty seven as well, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I think if he had, if, maybe if he fought like more with his hands up, but he he could have even won that fight. He like. I don't know why he always does this. Like you have to be really good to have your hands down and move your head out of the way of punches, and he's just he's just not at that level. Uh, 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 so like uh, he's stuck in his ways. I don't think he's ever going to change. So <laughs> and, and he, he has been in some good fights over the years, but uh, he, he's definitely a, a strange character, and he has a he has a strange style of, um, of fighting. But maybe maybe you're right. There wasn't as much trash talk but I, I i definitely thought i noticed he was talking a, a few times but he, yeah he wasn't like pounding his chest or screaming or pointing at the ground or doing some of the things he's been known to do in, in the past yeah um volkov and nelson we'll just not talk about that because it was a horrendous fight and i think the result was right but tom Ducumar, my boy team sheehan against uh patrick williams i think when someone comes out chaos a fella at the end of the first round and the fight isn't stopped and then actually chaos him again 28 seconds into the second round in his UFC debut and everyone's a little bit disappointed I think that shows how good a fighter Tom Ducoma actually is and how big of a prospect he is yeah but I think people who, who haven't don't know might might be thinking you know Patrick Williams hasn't got a great record hasn't fought in a while and gassed out but he <laughs> he uh like he put a, he seemed he put a lot of energy into into the the first round and he uh he, yeah, he dropped. He dropped uh, Tom Dukemore, but Tom Dukemore has been dropped before. He, he he does get he does get hit because he he likes to he likes to trade, even if it isn't necessarily the the smartest uh, game plan for him. Uh, but yeah, uh, as you say, like it just shows how much people think of Tom Dukemore that you can you can TKO somebody twice in in two rounds and people be disappointed. Yeah, uh, I. Th- it was a very nervous display. I thought this, like, if you if this was your first time seeing Tom Duncanwa, 
this is not time to come out. I don't think like I thought. No, he did. He definitely did have a huge tendency to get hit in prior fights. But I thought he'd improved that over his last couple of fights, especially the Philpot fight. I thought he did very well. But it kind of that kind of went out the window again last night. And you know, people talk constantly about octagon nerves. He's still what is he? 22, 23 years of age, coming in there like going forward next two or three fights will tell a lot but that was kind of a one-off for me i think around this time um and maybe it might do no harm just to quell the hype a little bit you know there's no harm in doing that either um and maybe i caused a little bit of it but uh these things happen (laughs) but he's still unbelievably good like those elbows late in the first round just like really really good like he wasn't he wasn't setting up his shots like he used to like with his jab but backing guys up against the up against the fins and just like teeing off on them he wasn't doing that against Patrick Williams you know it was a very it was a bad display from Dukuma compared to what he's used to like if you're judging him on, on his Bama fights and stuff like that it was that wasn't his usual um his usual ability but you know going forward I think he's going to be one of the absolute best in that division you know I, I still think on his day he can beat a lot of those guys even rank guys at the moment but there's no harm giving him you know the small role either I think I said the same about uh, Calvillo last uh, last week that you know she could definitely beat some of the top girls at 115 but there's no point giving her the you know uh, putting her up there that quickly I think the same, goes for, yeah, same goes for for Duke and Ma. Um, yeah, I, I think to add to that. Yeah, well, his, his elbows were absolutely brilliant again. But yeah, as you say, he he was a little he was a little flat footed, I think, and uh, a little nervous. Uh, and and Williams obviously uh, is, is he's in the UFC for a reason. Like he, he's 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 no mug. He's he's a decent fighter, and he put a lot of energy into that first round, which was clearly shown by him standing with his hands on his knees. I think it was was it the end of the first round or, or yeah, so, the end of the first yeah yeah so. So he'd like he'd expended a lot of energy getting Tom down and um get, being in his face and uh, uh maybe Tom Lucan didn't didn't expect the kind of didn't expect that onslaught uh, from Williams and kind of took him by surprise and he was kind of he got up to a slow start due to nerves or this is uh, like it's hard to know like you know, guys who were like Daniel Cormier he said he was extremely nervous in his first UFC fight even even he'd fought for big cards and strike force he'd fought for world titles and strike force. As you said there, like even Carmia said, a lot of people have said it that the UFC debut is not easy to go on. Like we're making excuses here for Tom to come out, but like the next two or three fights will uh, will tell an awful lot, I think. And uh, like I still think he's that he is that uh, that really good, um, you know, really good prospect coming. Like look at look at James Gallers when he started his Bellator career. That that first fight wasn't great, you know, went to a decision you know, over in England. But look at his you know his performances since have been very good. But maybe 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 that's not it. Maybe it was just where where maybe Patrick Williams uh, fought a really good fight. Like maybe we're not giving him any credit when he deserves some credit. Obviously, he he got really tired and that that doesn't look good. But uh, he he seriously put it on Tom Dukenwall. Like and maybe on another day he might he might have got the win. Like uh, with with the when he dropped when he dropped Tom. He you know if he hits him slightly harder or slightly slightly to the more to the chin or to the temple, he, he could walk away with a knockout there. So credit where credit's due, he, he brought the onslaught and it wasn't enough and Tom Dugenois then put him away twice. So Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Looking forward to his next one. Uh someone who didn't really bring bring it like uh, Patrick Williams did was Bought well, maybe not bored, but in at all, Mikano against Jeremy Stevens. Mikano ended up winning the split decision. I had it for Stevens personally. This I is an odd it, fight. Who do you, who'd you have it for? I, I thought it, I scored it for Carnero. 
Yeah, I thought like it was one of those fights where I was my kind of was circling for the whole fight. Like I thought it was very close. I will, I thought it was twenty nine, twenty eight either way. To be honest, but um, but for me, he's really old rules well and for the show. Yeah, yeah, I still yeah, just, had it that way. But like yeah. my my kind of was circling for the whole like the whole first round. Did like a good bit of the second round, kind of stopped in for a while and then went back to it. Um, like Stevens, like it was just a typical Jeremy Stevens. I just trying to hit the head full force with his right hand all the time. Like nobody, you're you're fighting a guy who's literally running around the octagon from us to the fight. And I'm not saying that is a bad thing. Now I think you know if he wants to fight that way, I have no problem with it. I think everyone should fight the way they want to fight. But like, why not work the body? Like he was circling around so you couldn't hit his head, but. Like he was leaving it wide open for his body to be hit all the time. Why not hit his body, take away his gas tank, and stop his movement in the you know maybe the second third round? Why not do that? Why didn't Jeremy Stevens do that? Like I, like I I thought he wouldn't because I thought he was like landing more. My Cano had a a lot of good moments. Well, which round he won round one round pretty clearly anyway. But um, I just thought it was I can't have any sympathy for Jeremy Stevens to be honest. I just thought it was a. It's a bad display. A display of someone who's never really progressed their game in MMA. Just like, oh, I have this power, and that's all I need, and I land, you know, and just wasn't good enough. Yeah, it was. It was a pretty uh, when Jeremy Stevens lo- when Jeremy Stevens loses is, is usually kind of like this, where he he gets a bit tired from throwing haymakers at, at air, a bit a bit kind of overcommitting to shots and using up too much energy. Um, his take end defense uh, isn't great. Like Pettis took him down a good few times. Uh, when they fought, uh, he hasn't really. It doesn't look like he's improved much there. I think Cub Cub got him down a couple of times, did he as well? Like people who aren't necessarily wrestlers are able to get him down. So yeah, as you say, he hasn't. He doesn't seem to be improving, but he's still a he's still a like he's still a top ten, fifteen fighter, and he's 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 known for for some good brawl. So uh, yeah, he definitely won't be making a well. I'd be very surprised if he made a run at a title, but he's he's definitely one that'll be staying around for some some fun fights. Yeah, almost not Frank Gross, but um, yeah, these things happen, right? Let's move on. And sure, who hasn't? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Bring back Redman, or that's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> the biggest shock at night, I suppose, but even though a lot of people were um picked him I saw and I was kind of surprised I didn't really see it coming was Robert Whitaker beating Ronaldo Jacare Souza and like I've always been a big Robert Whitaker fan and like always liked him from his days on uh, on tough um smashes but even though I've always liked him I never thought he'd get into that upper echelon I did like I thought like if you if you look at the middleweight uh, middleweight rankings now you say you have Bisping House champion Romero Rockhold Jacare then you've Musasi Weidman and you've Whitaker in like with Anderson Silva obviously kind of fall down but I always thought Whitaker would be like Steve Brunson Jocko kind of lettuce I thought he'd be around there a little bit above them maybe but never break into the top but last night he proved that just totally wrong I think he's broken in there now I think he is one of those like I was just a phenomenal display. Like we, I think everyone when we kind of spoke about it last week that if he kept on the feet, he'd obviously have you know that'd be his best chance of winning it. And his takedown defense, I thought, was just phenomenal. The way he, the way he fought on the feet and used range and used his movement and used his speed. You know, he's obviously a guy who's fought a welterweight before. He just didn't let Jackeray get a hold of him. Like he got a hold of him once in the fight, took him down, and he got just got straight back up and. 
that was kind of demoralizing for Jacare. And then he couldn't get a hold of him again and demoralized him more. And then he punched him in the face, demoralized him more. He kicked him in the head, demoralized him more. And he just kept going and kept going and going. Mm. Before we get to the finish, now, how, how did you see the fight? Was it was it a similar vein for you? Yeah, well, like I thought, I I, I thought Whitaker would have the advantage on the feet, but I thought once I thought all it would need would Jack would be Jacare getting it down once, and and he he. Get mount or take the back, and he very nearly did. But he for for somebody as uh, as good at jiu jitsu as Jackaray, it was quite sloppy when he when he went to take the back, and he got shrugged off. And maybe maybe the strikes he'd taken already were kind of affected him there. But uh, I thought once once he got uh, Whitaker down, that would probably be the end of it. But Whitaker's shown much like much improved uh, wrestling, defense, uh, and grappling, like to to get out of. Uh, to get it off the, off the ground with Jacare on you is no like not many middleweights in the UFC have done that or in, in strikeforce have done that. So he's obviously he's obviously improving rapidly and he, he's very unorthodox on the feet and his shot selection is is strange is unorthodox but it's it's very effective. Uh, it'd be very hard to prepare for him on the feet. I'd say it's hard to predict what he's going to throw next, but uh, he, he has a good variety of strikes as well. Maybe Jacare could have tried more takedowns just to, to worry Whitaker a bit when he when he was in the flow of things on the feet but um yeah no I, I was surprised I, I definitely thought Jack Ray was gonna win. Uh, I just thought I thought he'd get it to the ground and submit him uh, once he did get it to the ground but fair play to Robert Whitaker he's he's yeah as you say on, on tough smashes he was uh he was he was good but he's a completely different fighter now. He's completely different. He's he's so much better. Yeah hundred percent yeah yeah I was the same as you. I thought Jack Ray get it to the ground, and I didn't. I didn't put that much thought into it. Like I, I just thought it happened. Like Jack Ray striking as well just looked horrendous last night. And I think like it looked good there maybe like a year, eighteen months ago, and then he got all those injuries and stuff. And maybe he hasn't had time to work on it and to improve it and stuff. And it's kind of just um, what's the word I'm looking for? It just stayed at the same level, plateaued. You know, it plateaued. Yeah, it's just. And Robert Whitaker's obviously been improving and improving all the time, and he just like showed up. Jacare, like Jacare before, he kind of had this Muay Thai game going a little bit like Verdum, where he kick you hard in the legs, you know, throw big overhand rights, push you back up against the fence, and then get you down, take you down. But he just like you, you saw one kind of big um, um, swinging back kick or whatever you want to call it, miss by Miles, and like. You saw a couple of shots straight up the middle from Jack Ray, but did you didn't see like something? It's never advisable for guys to throw like big windmill shots over the top of Ryan Nelson, so I'll just miss all the time. But for a guy like Jack Ray, it you should be doing that because that's gonna back a guy but up. The, you might hit him. The Muay Thai stance, the, the yeah. Muay Thai stance and strikes. I think they're like maybe five, six, seven years ago. They, they you basically beat everybody, maybe except the the very top echelon if, uh, on the feet if you had good Muay Thai. But now. Um, the people who the, the fighters who don't who don't use Muay Thai stance and Muay Thai strikes they they're constantly yeah. sparring and preparing against Muay Thai guys, and you're not preparing against like what whatever their stance is like a Wonder Boy or or a Connor or a Whitaker even. Um, mm. I, I think I think Muay Thai is, it's on the way out. It's obviously very very effective, but it's it's not as uh, dominant as it used to be. Um, maybe that's why Jacare striking is looking. Is looking not not as good because people have kind of figured out how to how to get around Muay Thai a bit bit more on the feet than than or a bit more now than in the past. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, but Jack Ray doesn't need it. He just needs needs to use it to get the fight to the ground. You, you know? need to go Damien Maya on it. Just go yeah. balls out for a takedown. Ben Askren just crawl if you have to. Whatever, just get it down. Yeah, repeatedly have people terrified of of uh, getting anywhere near you because you might take them down. 
Yeah, 100%. Like, what you said there, I couldn't agree with it more. Like, the whole, this... I love, like, I'm in love with range. Anyone listens to this podcast knows I does I do nothing but talk about range, <laughs> and like, range and that I hate the word movement because it's been fucking, you know, what, what's that? What's the dude's name since uh, since uh, McGregor's movement coach? What's his name? Oh, <laughs> since uh, Edo Portal, Edo Portal, yeah, since Portal, like, he's kind of co opted the whole movement thing, but like, movement the way McGregor does it, the way Wanderboy does it, the way Whitaker was kind of doing it last night, like. We've seen Whitaker do stuff like that before, but not as not as well as that, not as good as that. Like I didn't think he could do it against Jacare as well as he did it that way. Like I, I just didn't see it coming, and he, he really came of age last night. He, you have to take him seriously, now, you know. Like I think, oddly, I think a Bisping fight would be would be actually a good fight because Bisping in is a stadium in Australia. Name. Yeah, well, that would be Bisping. Bisping has been in Australia before. Yeah, that'd, that'd be amazing. Like I think he'd probably beat Bisping at this stage, but. Like you write off Bisping at your pearl, but I like Bisping probably get dropped in the first round and come back and manage to win mm. with this Ricardio somehow. <laughs> well, yeah. that's, that would be like a de- method of victory anyway. But yeah, I definitely would. At this stage, I think I'd have to pick Robert Whitaker over Bisping. Yeah, Bisping taking a lot of damage. Like yeah, that eye always worries me. I, um, even though he's <laughs> since he got that eye injury, he's uh, become the champion. But um. I don't know. He's taken a lot of damage over the years. He's been dropped a lot of times, especially in the first round. He's a slow starter, and Whitaker Whitaker hits hard, very hard. Like, yeah. Where next for Whitaker? Do you think a lot of people saying Luke Rockhold? I think Yoel Romero. What do you think? Um, hmm. um, they could they could do anything with him. Really, you could yeah. You could, the the Bisbing the Bisbing fight if he can beat GSP, but that'd be a bit of a weight, I suppose. Um. Musassi's there as well, knocking around. Although he might be gone to Bellator or Weidman. You do there. Anderson Silva just as like a mm. showcase for him. It'd be a bit harsh on Anderson Silva. He wouldn't rule out Anderson Silva in any fight because he is so dangerous with single strikes. But um, if he could, like, that's a good name to have a victory over. Get a bit of if you want to do a soccer stadium in or a, any kind of a big venue in uh, Australia. Yeah, that might be a nice uh, building block for for making it a blockbuster event. Two words for you, Dan Kelly. That sell out the fucking MCG. You know Dan. <laughs> what a fight! I think he's what probably too busy faking an injury at the moment, is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, I think like a lot of people are saying, Pittergrins against Rockhold. I think Jack Ray against Rockhold makes sense. So obviously, Jack Rockhold is still coming off the last. Yeah. yeah, still coming off the last to Bisping. Jack Ray coming off the last now. I think that makes it was a great fight. Sense. The first time, very close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think both of them are a lot, lot better than they were uh, then. Now, uh, you've Weidman as well. Like Weidman against Jacare would be that'd be a good fight. You know, I think um, mm-hmm. you know, so a lot of a lot of options there. Uh, last thing before we get on to next week, um, Rosenami Yunus, another one who I think came of age against Michelle Watterson last night. <sighs> like I, I, I've spoken about it on the podcast before. I said it last week. I said it. I said on Twitter. Always the thing with Michelle, um, sorry, with Rosalind Yunus for me was her early days, unbelievable submission artist, you know, flying triangles, all of that. And then she became this really, really good, tight, technical striker. But my odd thing was always she couldn't put them together. You know, she couldn't get, she's not a bad wrestler as well. She couldn't put that wrestling, striking submissions together. And it was hurting her as a fighter. But at the weekend, she did, you know, it, it, as I said, coming of age, I thought it was like I think the this was a, a really, really good fight. Um, and uh, you know, when Michelle Watterson took her down, 
there was kind of a thought, oh, she got her down, that was amazing. But I think it was kind of, Rose Nami Yunus was happy enough to go down there. And you saw it immediately. She immediately what she did. her hook, yeah. Yeah, she got that hook, she took her back, and she kind of hooked the inside of the other leg. And like looking at that, you say, oh, she needs to get the two hooks there. But she hooked the inside of that other leg so she could move out, so she could, you know, get her head out from that... um from that arm lock which he did and then she got the two hooks in you know that was really really good michelle watterson is is no joke on the ground either she's like she's improved an awful lot she was going for those submissions she eventually got out and stuff like that and on the feet as well you know i thought michelle watterson actually did pretty well and a big thing with watterson we said last week as well her size she is way she's a 105 pound fighter she's not a 115 pound fighter like she was the 105 pound champion as well wasn't she yeah, Rose was just way too big for her. And even but like uh, Michelle was using that front kick, that uh, that front leg side kick to the knee, which Jackson fighters use an awful lot. And she was using that basically to, to stop that size advantage from mattering too much. But Nami Yunus kind of got past it at, at a point. You know, she was kind of moving sideways a little bit like Calvillo did last week when she was met with the um, the Pearl Gonzalez kind of uh, barrage of defense, if you want to call it that. But Nami Yunus was landing some good strikes. So striking didn't look as maybe as good in this because she couldn't get that jab going because Namunis was using that kick to stop her but she landed some power strikes got over the top and that head kick as well in the second round to to drop not rose Namunis was just was just unbelievable and she obviously got the finish out were, were you very impressed with her yeah she, she was very good she, she's um as you say she's kind of she's shown these kind of flashes before of of of, of uh what she can do like in in the in the different in, on the feet on the ground but she kind of put it together in the Paige Van Zandt fight, but but uh, as as the Paige Van Zandt Michelle Waterson fight showed that uh, Michelle Waterson is a, is a lot better than Paige is at the moment. So, it, it, uh, yeah, she was a brilliant performance. The, the way she took the back was brilliant. It was she was patient in in and um, maybe in the past she she wasn't patient. Maybe when she was, but she's very very young in her career. Like Michelle Waterson's yeah. been around for ages as well. Like that was an experienced tough girl. Even if she did have a sizable size or big size advantage um it was still she's still like michelle watterson's used to fighting uh bigger girl she she has for years she, it's not it's not new to her and she has set she has a good record so um yeah i was impressed with rose and it was a uh, another big another big win for i can't think of bo- many boring rose fights maybe i'm maybe i'm missing some but as far as i want she kind of took her down a lot didn't she oh yeah well uh, Car- uh, that's probably more carlos bars is not exactly exciting when when her when her uh when her when she's able to implement her game it's not for, it's not very exciting but um yeah no rose rose is uh rose is like um she's she's she kind of she probably uh, I, I don't know how, how big her following is but she's she's had it loads of exposure on uh the ultimate fighter and uh now on this fox, I, I, this fox card even though i think dave Meltzer said that it was one of the the lowest overnight uh, ratings for UFC mm-hmm. and Fox, but it's still a lot more people than would see it on uh, on um, not on Fox or on uh, even on pay per view. Less people would see it. So um, yeah, she's she, she's impressing. She's she's involving all the time, and she seems she seems to be a legit contender now. And um, I think she can beat. She can she can maybe she can't. She 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 possibly could beat her. Uh, in the in the future but joanna. yeah joanna sorry in the future but uh i don't know I, I just don't it's tough it's tough because joanna's just so good that yeah, she, she probably she probably just take apart rose yeah she definitely got like 
I was kind of saying that last night. I wouldn't mind seeing Rose get one more fight. You know, she put everything together in this, but I wouldn't mind her seeing getting one more one more fight doing that, putting it all together. You know, because I think you need against Yuan as well is that wrestling, and you know, and not just wrestling, but the grappling as well on the ground. We saw Gidelia doing it, but she, she and she didn't struggle to take her take her down or keep her down. She did that, but it was kind of damaging her on the ground. She didn't have that threat of a finish enough on the ground for me, but Rose has that, you know, and Rose, I don't think Rose is as good as a, re- a wrestler as uh, Gedelia, but I think she yeah, has more of a threat. Yeah. For Rose, that one as well. The the, the two, the, I think uh, Clary Gedelia and uh, Joanna are the two best, and they're both kind of bad style matchups for, for Rose, which is which is unfortunate, but she, she's she's young in her career still, and she's still evolving as, as she keeps showing. So, if she if she can keep if she can keep doing the keep evolving and keep evolving fight to fight, I don't see her beating Joanna ever to be honest. But you never know because you, like I, people like Whitaker, like you never would have thought that he'd we'd be talking about him being possibly being the champion at middleweight, like especially when he was a welterweight. <laughs> so like you know things can change pretty pretty rapidly. Like uh, games can evolve or fighters' games can evolve. Like uh, Three months, three months time, they could be a completely different fighter than the last time you saw them. That's why MMA is so hard to predict as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, Rose is literally evolving in front of our very eyes. You know, we don't see it that often in in the UFC. We're like mostly, you know, people evolve and they kind of get to a point where they're good enough to get to the UFC, and then they're in there and they're improving, improving. You know, a little bit, like, kind of like Whitaker. But Rose Namunis has kind of gone from zero to where she is now, kind of in the UFC and true tough. And like, what did she have? Was she like? Two and zero or something, gone into tough or something like that. Uh, like he and flying armbar, she won flying triangles. You know, she ha- had like five minutes of a fight time or something. You know, probably a little bit more, but something like that before she got into tough and got into the UFC. She's really like she's still a novice. Like she, she was basically an amateur fighter. You know, uh, fighting for a UFC title uh, when she when she fought at Esparza. But yeah, it's just phenomenal seeing her, and she has more. There's more to come. Like I don't at the moment. I definitely pick Joanna to beat her, but in eighteen months, that would be a tremendous fight, I think. And uh, you know, I hope I hope she's rushed into it. You know, I'd, uh, I'd love to see her get one, maybe two more fights even before she gets uh, she gets put into that title show, title fight. Um, before we move on, we forgot one thing: the the Jacare Whitaker stoppage. Yeah, I thought that was a little early, but not an egregious, but it was, it was a little early, I think, yeah. I think it was either a little bit late or a little bit early, oddly. Um, <laughs> like He could have stopped. There was actually a point, but way before that. Uh, when did it fin- finish? Finish. time he dropped him hard. Yeah. Was it, in the first, it could have been the first round. I think it might have been, I'm not sure, but he dropped him really hard, and he hit him with a shot on the ground, and Jacare went limp. And I said, oh, yeah, you can stop it there, but Jacare came back and he was fighting away. But the, the end bit, he knocked him down and he landed three, four, five shots. And I was like, okay, you can stop it there. I wouldn't be mad if he stopped it there. But he let it go and Jacare grabbed the hand. You could see Jacare working on the hand like he's going for it. Um, um, Whitaker keeps hitting him and then he lets go of the hand. He gets to his knees and he's going to turn and then he stops the fight. Like he's moving. He's intelligently defending himself. Like he's on his knees. He was just on his back. He's moving out of the way of strikes. That's an intelligent defense. Like, you know, for yeah. me, I don't yeah, know. I, I thought it was a little early. It was, it, people will say, oh, he was about to finish him, and he probably was, but crazy things have happened in MMA. Like Darren Elkins <laughs> fight a couple of months ago against uh, Mirsad Bektic will we'll show that. Like, maybe that's an extreme example because that fight probably, I, I actually think, should have been stopped. But, <laughs> but um, 
yeah, uh, a little bit lardy, but not, nothing, nothing ridiculous. It wasn't like a, it wasn't a complete fuck up by the ref or anything. He, 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 uh, he taken a lot of damage uh, in the in the thirty seconds preceding the the stoppage. So yeah, it was, it was a little early, but it, uh, like it's not nothing egregious. Yeah, speaking of egregious refereeing, Zach Cummins against Nathan Guy it was that fight, wasn't it? Where Cummins choked him, and the referee like he was almost dead before the referee stopped it. it was that, do you remember that fight? Did you see that fight? Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I just saw the finish of it uh, on a gif. I missed yeah. it in real time. The referee like led the referee went over, picked up Nathan Kai's hand like the fucking Undertaker in nineteen ninety and dropped it <laughs> and he was out and then stopped the fight. Like it was unbelievable. Uh, what's his name? Uh, England, M- Mike England or something like that. Just absolutely horrendous. He's a terrible referee. He usually does the Invicta cards there in Kansas City as well, I think. He is a terrible t- he should not be allowed inside Nakagan again. Like he could have, he if he had let it go another few seconds, he could have caused severe damage. Like he was cho- he was choked out clean for five seconds and still being choked by the time the referee stepped in and, and ended it. Like it was it was absolutely fucking yeah. terrible. I think Cummins came out afterwards and said that he knew he was out, but he didn't want to let go because the ref hadn't stopped it and people can just come around really really quickly and he didn't want to he didn't want to let go. So um and that's that's he's well within his right to do that. Once the, if the ref hasn't called it, you can hold it. Some guys will let go, but um, it's not like a, a foul or an illegal. But um, yeah, the, especially when the ref lifts the hand, like he, you know, I don't know what, what, like, what reaction is he looking for when he lifts yeah. that hand? If not that, like that, I don't, I don't I, like, yeah, it was, it was terrible. Yeah, that's true. Right, let's move on. Before we get to next week's card, let's clean up a, little, a few little bits here. You wanted to mention the Horizon card. There was a few big wins for a few people on that. Yeah, um, Baron Krushank actually lost to uh, yeah, Yaki, I think his name is. Um, there was some weird, it was, they had two round fights, uh, which is a bit strange, but you're kind of asking for draws, but they kind of got away with it this time. But uh, uh Satoshi Ishii beat Heek Herring, uh, by decision, uh, over two rounds, or it's a 10 in the first round, so yeah, yeah, but it's still, yeah, um, who else is on the card? Um, Haraguchi uh, won a decision after dropping uh, Motoya three three times, I think it was. Um, and Kawajiri beat Anthony Burchak in the main event by unanimous decision as well. Nice. Yeah. So I, I think Mauro Ronaldo and Frank Shamrock were doing the commentary on that, weren't they? Rising, charging 15 quid now, I believe, or something like that for their card on Fight TV. Uh, yes, so, yeah, that's not going to be a, a good strategy going forward. I didn't see any of it, so... You know, hopefully someone will put it on YouTube and we'll be able to see him. But yeah, <laughs> there's some good fights on there. Like they have Haraguchi. Haraguchi for me is the second, maybe third best flyweight yeah. in the world. He should have been the main event, Haraguchi. Yeah, he should have been. Yeah, but Kawajiri, I believe, is a big following over in that part of the world. So that's mm. probably why he's there. Yeah, he does. He nearly beat Cub Swanson recently enough as well. Kobe, he did. We'll be we'll getting on to him soon. Before we do that, Brian Moore, big, big, big win in his uh, sophomore Bellator appearance. <laughs> um you were, you broke the news because it wasn't on TV, it wasn't on the app. I don't believe it wasn't anywhere. But um, you you spoke to Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he he uh, he won the first round. He said he thought it was a ten eight, but it was a dominant first round. And uh, in the second round, he got the knockout. He he dropped your man to the knee and then landed some elbows uh, to finish it. And um, yeah, he he called to get on the the Madison Square Garden Bellator. Uh, 
paper, uh, Bellator 180, I think it is. Um, he wants. He said he wants to open the show, and uh, it might be a good idea for Bellator to get to get an Irish man on the card because uh, a lot of people are Irish and think they're Irish in, uh, over there. So it's Gallagher. a way to get people in there early. Yeah, James Gallagher's on it as well. So demon. What what way is Brian Moore fighting at these? Is one forty five though? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking maybe you could fight Reds or Reds was looking for a fight in that card as well, but they probably wouldn't. But Reds are fighting a one fifty five these so that probably won't happen. But yeah, like Brian. Everyone give out to me over that now, right? I don't care. <laughs> That'd be a good fight. But anyway, uh, Brian Moore, Brian Moore is one of those guys that you you watch him and you think, you know, he's in a, he's a really intelligent fighter. And obviously, we didn't see the fight at the weekend, but in, in previous fights, like he's he's a guy who lives it. You know, he he, he works. You know, and he, he's a gym like himself. He personally trains people. You see him like all he does Instagram and stuff. You know, he, obviously his family, he's a big family man as well. But you know, his gym, he works. He makes that sacrifice to get up from Wexford to to Dublin to train at SPG. Like he's putting it in every day. You know, seven days a week. He lives. He really lives the life, and he's improved so much. And like I think we were talking about him the other day, and you said he's one of those guys. You know, he even you know even if he wins by 10 second knockout he'll criticize himself you know and he'll try to improve for the next one and you know we saw that with Demetrius Johnson at the weekend that's kind of what you want to be a winner and I think that's what Brian Moore has showed that he's improving improving all the time and he's one of those guys you know he could like he could shock a lot of people in Bellator like he's his last fight um in Bellator who did he fight again uh his name just escapes me now but he's an, an ex-title challenger and he was doing pretty well and until you know obviously he said he made the big mistake he, he said on himself and and ended up losing but you know brian moore is i'm very impressed with brian moore very high in him and i think you know he could go a long way in in, uh, in that bellator division where you know it's obviously strong up near the top at featherweight but you know there's a lot of there's definitely a lot of guys he can beat in that division i think yeah yeah, it was uh, Daniel Weichel that he, that he Weichel, fought. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, Weichel actually got a got a decision win at the, on the same card there as well. Um, yeah, it was a it was a it was a late change of opponent, which sometimes can fuck with you, with you mentally, and you're you're preparing for one guy and you get a different guy. But I suppose it's the same situation for the for the the guy coming in isn't isn't preparing for you either. So um, yeah, he's he, he, in the the quotes he gave us after after the the fight, he seemed very happy with his performance. And as you say, he's a man who's very very hard on himself usually. So um, <laughs> this could have been a this might be a we haven't seen the video as you say, but it, it seems like it was a it was a very very good performance uh, by Brian. Um, hopefully, Bellator will will put the, the the fights out on their YouTube or their their Facebook or whatever. Uh, shortly, I, I might try and. Uh, uh, message them about it and see if I can hurry them up a bit. Um, and uh, Brian, Brian's like, his striking is the best it's ever been. E- even even though we haven't seen this fight, even in the the Daniel Weichel fight before 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 he lost, he was doing very good on the feet. He's in the best uh, condition he's ever been in, in like uh, his body and his cardio, and he's he's just the best he's ever been right now. And I think I think mentally he's the best he's ever been right now as well. So um, yeah, it's he's improving all the time and. He's that's a good win to get him better tour. Hopefully, he can get it on that MSG card like he wants. Or, but I'm sure better tour will be booking him on a, another better tour soon enough. Anyway, it sounds like he didn't take any damage in that fight and is ready to go as soon as possible. Yeah, what about even your man? Um, uh, the guy, um, that Gallagher fought in Dublin or in Belfast was that he fought at the weekend. I think he lost, oh, yeah, maybe, so maybe not, but that that might be a good oh, matchup, yeah. you know, that that might be a good fight, but um. 
yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see him next one. His next one. Right, let's move on to next week's card, and there's more Irish interest as Artem Labov, as has been much discussed among hardcore MMA fans, headlines uh, the card that comes to us from, where is it? Hold on. To Nashville, Tennessee. Bit of music there mm-hmm. against Cub Swanson. A six-fight main card. Jesus, we're going to be up late. Um... There's a lot to discuss yeah, around talks, this fight. A lot of people are like, how is he the main event? It's, it's because people love to hate him. The people who don't yeah. like McGregor love to hate him. And the people who love McGregor, like uh, either they, they know of Loboff and they're, they're interested in him and they're a fan of his. And then you have the haters. So either way, they care. So people be tuning in for Cub Swanson, hope, hoping Cub Swanson will win when maybe if Cub Swanson was fighting Jeremy Stevens, they wouldn't they wouldn't bother watching him because it's, it's Loboff that's drawing drawing their eyes to the to the screen even if it is so even if it is so they they're hoping that he'll that he'll lose so, so that's why he's the main event i don't think people understand how this the game works a lot of people <laughs> yeah see it's it's kind of a vicious circle the people who are saying how the fuck is artem labov main event are the reason why artem labov is the main event so like you know it's that's kind of the vicious circle of it uh it, it kind of works that way but yeah you, you put it definitely very well there uh, and I think like he called out Cub Swanson as well, and Cub Swanson accepted it. And before you know, before this fight had obviously been made, you see matchmakers like making their job easy for him. And that featherweight division isn't an easy one to to um to match because like Chad Mendes is gonna wait. Two the two champions will say are fighting each other. McGregor's gone. You know, there's that the top of that division. There, you know, it's it's kind of very disjointed at the moment. Frank Yeager is fighting. Frank Yeager just beat Cub Swanson, you know. That's and and Cub had a huge win over uh, over Duho Chai, obviously recently. So you know, it's who else is he going to fight? It's a tough one. There's obviously some very good matches as well there who he could have fought. And you know, Artemov was obviously one out of left field. But you know, when you call someone out and someone accepts, there's there's always a likelihood that it could happen. And now, they're piggybacking on the the. Swanson and McGregor kind of yeah. back and forth that happened a few, few years ago as well. So yeah, it, it, it makes perfect sense for this to be the main event. I think. Yeah. Like, the, what would you put as the main event from the card if you weren't going to put this as the card? I wouldn't say. I don't think. I don't know. Does it make perfect sense to be like? It, it's it's a weird one because everything you said is right, but it still it is still a bit weird. But yeah, like Diego Sanchez, Ayacuinta could be a main event, but Ayacuinta just kind of coming back. Do, do you want to put him in there? Like, look at looking through the rest of the card, yeah, probably should be the main event, like based on Cub Swanson alone. But like, Artem hasn't fought to that level yet where he deserves a ranking or where he deserves like a top guy. So it's, you know, it, it's tough, like, to look at this fight as like a headlining card, but it's the changing way of the of the UFC. Like we'd name Mark Hart against James Tahuna headlining a card like a year ago or something. Like it's just different these days. But um, yeah, it was it's odd matchmaking to be honest. But as as we explained, you know they called each other out. People like like or hate Artem Labov. Kind of same with Cub Swanson, and and that's why it was made. But yeah, look if if we look at the actual fight itself. You'd have to, for me anyway, you'd have to give favor Cub Swanson in a big way here, even though Artem Lobov has improved an awful lot. And like looking back through Lobov's fights, I was just watching a couple of them before this. Like the only fight really worth watching to see what Artem Lobov is going to be like is the Ishihara fight because he's totally changed. Like he was different in that fight. Maybe a little bit in the um, that Stockton dudes whose name escapes me now. <laughs> Chris Avia, yeah, he was a little bit in that as well, but 
he improved an awful lot. You have to give it to Artem Abov. Like he's improved hugely in in his last couple of fights. And like looking at that video you you posted, you know, of him four years ago, and he's kind of talked to Sean Shelby, and Sean Shelby's like, if you get to a certain record, we'll sign you. And that kind of that didn't happen. He got into tough, obviously, with the McGregor season, and then he had three knockouts and fucking earned his way into the into the UFC. Um, and like looking at that video, it's kind of like, oh yeah, he's kind of worked together. Like a lot of people kind of shitting on him for for being in the UFC and all. But yeah, in fairness, now he has worked his way to get there. But that being said, I st- even though with all those improvements and everything, like if you look at look at that fight against Ishihara, what he did unbelievably well was he stood his ground he didn't let ishihara get too far away from him he didn't let him get too close to him you know a lot of dictated the pace and if he can do that against Cubs Swanson, it's obviously it'll be huge for him as well but that's extremely hard to do against Cubs Swanson. most people do it against him with wrestling or have just unbelievably superior striking but what, what Cubs Swanson is really good at is being on orthodox he's throwing those big looping shots you know he's throwing those kind of wheel kicks you know kicks from nowhere shots from the hip that's going to be very tough I think uh, personally for Labov if, if he's going to fight yeah. like a similar way than he did last fight and uh, Swan- Swanson's not not afraid of throwing in a few takedowns if, if stuff starts yeah. going uh, wrong on, on the feed he's, he's not pig-headed like some fighters are uh to try and prove their striking acumen, he he'll go for takedowns. Like he, I think he he was losing on the feet to to Dennis Heber. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't losing overall, but he was having a bad moment or a bad thirty seconds, and he he took Dennis Heber down and, and rode it to storm. So he's he's uh, he's not one dimensional. Um, Cub Swanson, even though people may think of him as a striker, he does have he does have a ground game um, and some some good takedowns. Uh, and Lobov has struggled in the past uh, with with being taken down a bit too easy. But we have, yeah, like in the last couple of fights, we haven't really seen them be taken down. We haven't really seen that many that many shots going on or that many takedown attempts go in. But um, maybe like Artem has improved, his cardio has improved, his his uh, physique has improved, his his, his game overall has improved. He's he's even holding his hands up the odd time now as well. <laughs> like uh, who knows what is what is. Uh, Ground get, or, or what his takedown defense is like now, so that's a bit. Of, it's a bit of an unknown, but I think I think Cub w- will be able to get him down um, if he needs to, or if he needs to. But but a lot of hits very hard, and if 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 Cub gets hit, if Cub gets caught flat footed or gets get, makes a mistake, like Lobov, I wouldn't rule Lobov out at all here. People are making like kind of like joking about Lobov, but obviously I, 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 I'm picking Cubs once in the win but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be all that surprised if Laboff was able to put him away yeah, I would be I'd be very surprised in fairness I think I think Cubs Swanson is you know streets above him to be honest like Cubs Swanson is top five six fighter in that division you know like looking looking at Cubs Swanson like he is very open when he like he he jabs to the body an awful lot and he jabs from a very mm. long range yeah, he has the power to, to capitalize on a mistake. So uh, it, there is a meta to victory here for for Artem Lavov. But yeah, Cub Swanson is the, is the obvious pick, and he's a he's a big favorite with the bookies as well. I, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like I could see Lavov landing that shot as Cub Swanson goes into to jab to the body, just smashing that left hook and and hitting him and, and knocking him down or something. But I don't know, like. Lavov will Lavov know that, but Cub Swanson will know that as well. And you know, 
he won't want to give that heavy puncher. We saw a lot of knocking out uh, three guys in a row in the tough house, and he won't want. He knows he's a heavy puncher, and he won't want to to give him that chance. But yeah, as you said, wrestling, I could see him take him down. Now, lot of shot against Ryan Hall that his submission defense has improved an awful lot, and you know, it's 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 you know, Ryan Hall is one of the best submission artists in the UFC. You know. Well, uh, he won the best jujitsu artist anyway, and he didn't, you know, he didn't submit Labov, and he basically spent 14, 15 minutes on the ground with him. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So, you know, if it does get to the ground, it could be a, a long haul there, but like you'd obviously favor Cobb to maybe if he didn't get the submission, but to win, you know, win all the, you know, all the time that it's on the ground. But like on the feet as well, I like just, Cobb is a lot longer than him. I think Cobb uses the distance better. I don't think Artem will be able to to fight like he did against Ishihara, as I mentioned earlier, where he stood his ground and where he, you know, he quelled Ishihara's movement. Um, and all the success Ishihara had as well was landing those big kind of, those slappy kind of shots over the top. Like, you saw Artem, you know, that that famous one now, like the like the dagger into the mountain kind of one. On, <laughs> the on, ice pick. On, he, he was landing that, you know, that wasn't just kind of a fancy shot. That was... That was a range finder kind of a shot. That was like, this is my range, and you know, you're staying there. I'm fighting from here. I'm fighting from somewhere where I can hit you, and that you'll be wary about me hitting you. And you, you, I can move so you can hit me. But against Cobb, that's that's very dangerous because Cobb can hit you from anywhere. You know, those high kicks. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he caught Artem with a few high kicks. He's gonna kick low. He like he likes to kick the legs. Look at uh, we spoke about Michelle Watterson earlier. The the Jackson camp loves to kick the legs going to get takedowns I, I struggle to see Artem win this fight I think it could be an, a domination by Cub Swanson to be honest yeah I think the most the most likely is is, is that but when somebody hits when somebody can hit very hard like that there's there's a method of victory there like people rooting out love off and uh, I think uh, I think are are, uh, are uh, being a bit being a bit uh, maybe they're letting their um, their emotions cloud Cloud the, the thinking, but yeah, no cups. Maybe Swanson. you are. How about that? Maybe Ma- you maybe. are. But, uh, well, well, I'm I'm saying I'm picking cups Swanson to win, but uh, like I wouldn't be totally shocked if like when somebody hits as hard as Lavoff and somebody and Cup Swanson's been been hit by people before, like not top level guys like Dennis Eber and people like that. So it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Like people seem to be acting like it is. Cups Swanson's anyway. only only knockout losses eight seconds to Jose Aldo. In thirty-one fights, so it's going to be tough. He'll join. Yeah. He'll join, a, he'll join an more more years on the on the the body and damage. You never know, but yeah, as you say, the most likely is uh, is Cobb will have the striking advantage and uh, the wrestling advantage. I think Cobb will. I think Cobb will probably win mid mid rounds. I think probably could win earlier. I don't know. I'd, I'd fancy Cobb in the first three, to be honest. It's gonna it's gonna be hard for Adam to take that much damage off of someone like Cobb, you know, especially if he takes him down as well. You could see him landing a few elbows and things like that. I think it's gonna be a tough night for Adam to be honest. But you never know. That one shot changes it and he showed in the past that definitely he can he can land that one shot, but um I wouldn't be I wouldn't be banking on it to be honest. Yeah, okay. there's a reason why Cub Swanson's ranked in the top five or six and, and uh he's been there for the last I think since they brought in the, the rankings, he's probably been in the top five or six. So um Seven or eight, anyway. So he's 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 a perennial uh, top ten guy, and there's a reason why he is. So yeah, he's definitely the favorite. And the bookies, the bookies odds. Um, I haven't actually looked at them, but I'd say uh, I'd say he's a sizable favorite there. So don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying 
I'm not calling the the the, the lob off knockout. I'm just saying people are kind of uh, going to over the top. I think about uh, with their they they act like Artem is like one of the worst fighters in the UFC, and I, I don't think that's true. Yeah, that's true. Right. Let's look at a couple more of the fights in this card. Um, lower down, Brian Barberina, second fight from opening against uh, Joe Proctor, uh, which is. You know, the, the legend killer there, Brian Barberina, a bit, bit bad for him. Hector Sandoval against Danger as well. Match now should be a good fight. Jessica Panay is back against Daniel, Daniel Taylor. Uh, Scott Hot Sauce Holtman is back. Dustin Ortiz against Brandon Moreno. That's a good fight. What do you think of that one? Mm, yeah, I'd probably go with Dustin Ortiz. Would you? Yeah. Brandon Moreno does. Submission artist. Yeah. I like if Moreno, I don't know if he's in the greatest shape. I don't know if his, uh, I don't know if his cardio is, is great. Possibly, you know. Dustin Ortiz is a tough dude as well, you know, a little guy that goes, you know, wrestling machine. Yeah, goes through an awful lot. But wrestling machine against Brandon Moreno is his recipe for getting your fucking neck taken off. Like, so mm. you know, you just say in kind of half half guard and just kind of ground a pound away from there and just kind of win the decision. Maybe Moreno by submission. The cooler, the cooler is putting on him. There you go. <laughs> uh, Sam Alvey's fighting again. That this man is on every fucking card. He's fighting Talis Lettuce. Should be. Do you think he'll, throw, he'll, he'll lead at all in the whole fight, or will he exclusively counter? He'll exclusively counter. He'll throw one, three rounds. He'll probably throw about four punches in the whole fight, and he could knock Lettuce out. But I once he hears the ten, the ten second clapper, he might throw a couple of <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> funny looking head kick or something. But. He'll have his America's next top model wife with him as well in his corner, which which should be fun. <laughs> uh, Jake Ellenberger against Mike Perry. Mike Perry's just gonna knock Jake Ellenberger out, isn't he? Yeah, I thought Jake Ellenberger was finished, but then then he beat Matt Brown that time um, after moving camp. So uh, I'd say I'd say I'd say so, but there is a bit, a bit of doubt in my mind. Like Jake Ellenberger has a lot of power, and it, it was a good decision to move camps. I think, but he's. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd have to go with Perry. Joe Lawson against Stevie Ray. I have a feeling this one is going to be a war, and I think when the fights get in, get into wars like that, it's hard to beat Joe Lawson. Would you mm. agree? Or I think Stevie Ray. I think Stevie Ray will win. I think Joe Lawson, uh his best days are, are behind him. I think. Uh, I think did he get a decision he didn't deserve there in his, in his last fight? He did. He did against someone. Yeah, I can't remember who. Though. Yeah, Jim Miller was it? Um, awesome. let me have a look. No, I don't. Uh, 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 Martin held. He, lo- he oh, actually yeah. lost his decision to, to to Miller. Maybe. Yeah, it was no, it was uh, a Martin held fight. Yeah, you're right. It was. Yeah, I think I think uh, held deserved. To, I can't I remember the fight that, that clearly though. So maybe wrong yeah. now. And but, I had, uh, yeah, most people had. To I think. Yeah, I think Stevie Ray is improving, and I think Joe Lawson's getting worse. But I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Lozano, he, he's, he's very tricky with submissions and his striking is, is all right, but his defensive strike boxing is pretty pretty bad. Um, I don't know that Ray isn't known for his big punching power, but as uh, when you get in all these back and forth wars over the years, you put damage on your body. And I think I think it's going to be, I think we've seen the best of Joe Lozano. And I'm, I think, I think Stevie Ray is going to win this one, to be honest. You could be right. Yeah, I wouldn't. Really, I definitely wouldn't rule really Stevie Ray out at all. I just, no, I don't know. I just have a feeling it's going to be getting into that war, and I like, don't pick against Lozon and those kind of fights. But Stevie Ray, you know, he doesn't. He's not the hardest hitter in the world, but he hits hard enough. Joe Lozon does take a great shot, though. It's probably going to be a very close decision. I'd yeah. say. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. John Dodson against Eddie Wyden, and that's a fucking great fight. Um, 
Yeah, I have to go with Dodson on that one. I do as well. Yeah, I think Dodson will probably. Uh, but Dodson sometimes can 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 be uh, very disappointing. He does sometimes he does a lot of nothing. Where um, he tries to counter, kind of not as bad as Sam Alvey, but um, or not as uh, he's not as stubborn about it as, as Sam Alvey is. But um, if 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 it's, if it's anything like the Jod Dodson anywhere near his top game, I think I think he'll beat Eddie Wineland. Yeah. Um. Uh, he he knocked down. Knocked down uh, Money Mace a couple of times when they fought as well. Like, so he, he's he's very, very dangerous on the feet. Yeah. Uh, OSP is back in, in one that it's a tough enough fight against uh, Rogerio de Lima, mm. but you'd, you'd probably fancy OSP in that. I, I think you probably would. Yeah, uh, definitely. And the big one then, I suppose, before the main event is Ally Aquinta against Diego Sanchez. Ally Aquinta coming back off a long layoff after he quit the <laughs> quit his job as an MMA fighter to go and sell houses but uh, <laughs> back against my, my favourite fighter Diego Sanchez the most insane man in the UFC what are you picking uh, I'm picking the, the dodgy Diego decision I, I quinted to win every round and Diego to win the decision <laughs> more than likely I think this is a fucking great fight I think I quinted more than likely knock him out probably although Diego's tough Diego, like Diego must have won more third rounds than anyone else in, in UFC history like he's He's someone like he got the shit beat out of him for two rounds against uh, Gilbert Menendez, and then he nearly knocked him out in the third round. Like, so he, yeah, he wouldn't know. People overplayed and nearly knocked him out. He, he flashed out there. I think. Uh, I think he was, was always was, eyes were closed. Like he was, uh, hello darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a bit of uh, love for Diego Sanchez going into that narrative. I think. I love the. I do love Diego. He should be in the UFC Hall of Fame. I don't give one fuck if he never won the title. The aliens are coming, Diego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, who said that to him again? Oh, yeah, Josh Gosh, Gosh, Gosh. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so drunk. He wanted to kill Josh Gosh. Like, he was like, they had to hold him back. He couldn't even walk. He was so drunk. Though. Yeah, he was trying to pull his pants off and everything. Yeah, that was fucking hilarious. Uh, yes. Yes. What a great man. But yeah, yeah, it's good to see how you quit. Pro wrestler made a, made a good career off Diego Sanchez. I hope he's paying him royalties. In fairness, now he said it. He said it to him. He said, or he said he did uh, take it off Diego Sanchez. So fair play to him for that. Um, Ally Quinta coming back as well. I'm a big fan of Ally Quinta. You know, he was he was getting a climb in the rankings when he was in uh, in the lightweight division before. He's actually 14 at the moment, but he hasn't fought in a while. But uh, he, coming off a lot of injuries as well, coming off of a, a big break. Let me just check how long he's been out. Last time he fought was against Jorge Masvidal in April 2015. So nearly two. What have we now? April. Yeah, two over two. Just over two years since he last fought. That is huge. So yeah. you know, it's, it's going to be tough. But Diego Sanchez shouldn't. I think he should beat Diego Sanchez. Yeah, I, I'd have to go with Ally Quinta here. Um, I know Diego doesn't get finished but very often or ever, but uh, I, I think he might get finished here. Um, like Ally Quinta has some very good finishes uh, on the feet, like uh, Ross Pearson, Joe Lozon, and uh, obviously uh, it was a very close fight with Masvidal, but he got the, he got the nod there in a, in a decision. Like he has a. Uh, I, 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 it's hard to pick Diego to get knocked out because he. he he just seems to eat so many points. Like I think there was a stat going around a couple of fights ago that he officially by the by the UFC records he'd eaten or he'd taken more than a hundred shots to the to the absorbed a hundred shots to the head or a thousand sorry a thousand shots to the head Jeez. in his UFC career, and that wouldn't include the Ultimate Fighter or all his fights before and all the sparring in the gym and all. So at some stage his shin is going to have to go, <laughs> and I think this might be the time. 
Yeah, he got knocked out by who was it? Joe Lozan knocked him out two fights ago, and he came back. <laughs> he came back and beat Marcin Hell. They actually did beat him as well in that fight, but that was maybe uh, Marcin's a bit of a, a jiu-jitsu guy. But yeah, I think that should be a, should be a tougher one. But yeah, not a, not a bad card. You know, a lot of even matchups on it. Maybe no star names there in that one, but um, yeah, not not a, not a terrible card. So I'm looking forward to. That anything else, Graham? Before Holly Holmes fighting Bech Cohen, the main event of a card. What do you think? What do you think about that one? Uh, yeah, not much interest in that fight. Yeah, that's not the best one ever. Yeah, but mm, yeah, there's other good fights on that card, which I can't remember at the moment. But yeah, <laughs> it, it's like the 145 pound division, I guess, is just not happening at all. You know, it's it's you know this is at 135 pound holly gone back down basically jermaine randomly now is the only person 145 pound division but obviously cyborg is there as well but madness madness yeah right let's get to the question pulled the belt and made that a made that yeah. 135 pound fight between holly home and jermaine randomly it was kind of silly to crown a champion and then just never make a match in the division again <laughs> <laughs> Brian Lynch asks, if obstructing the airway with your hand is legal, should biting be legal too? No. I, yeah, I don't People biting off the judge's ears and stuff would just be a bit weird. A bit barbaric. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, bite off cheek. You could really disfigure somebody if you could bite. Ronda Rousey did it. She missed yeah, she better, she, she might have never, never been the champion if... Uh, if she hadn't got away with that bite. Yeah. At one, Mr. Podge, friend of the podcast, great man. Is Ryan Nelson just running down his... The, is Ryan Nelson just running down the clock on his career? How much longer can he keep doing this? Yeah. He didn't He didn't look... In, even for Ryan Nelson, he was he was in bad shape cardio-wise. He, he got very tired very quickly and was just... Uh, just is progressively getting worse and slower. And yeah, I don't uh, He's taken. He's he's been fighting for so many years. Maybe it's just. Maybe it's not about caring. It's about just his body is 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 not what it, what what or his ability and his body is not what it used to be. I don't know. Maybe it is a motivation thing, but I I don't really know. The game has passed him by. You can't get it. You can't get away with just throwing over hands now. That's and basically that's all he does. You know he that sort of fighter just can't have look in, in or can't have even in a terrible heavyweight division um, you can't get by like that the, the ref had a bit of a strange stand up in the first round when Ron Nelson got the takedown of Volkov in a, in his fight but uh, yeah you kind of maybe could have been different there but uh, Ron Nelson didn't didn't seem to have the cardio uh, even even the level of the cardio that he's that he used to have and maybe that's a maybe that is a motivation thing but it's hard to know. The game is just, yeah, the game is just beyond beyond the uh, overhand rights and kind of marching forward, throwing overhand rights. And <laughs> it's basically, yeah, it's too one dimensional. People have figured out how to beat that. And uh, people do, people like Ryan Nelson, though. He, uh, he'll stick around, I'd say. Uh, I don't know what money he's on. Maybe, maybe he is on big money, but as long as he's not on anything that the UC think is unreasonable, uh, I'd, I'd say he'll stick around. Yeah, if you listen to the pop he got last night, that's the reason why he's still in the UFC. He got the biggest pop of anyone in the car. The whole crowd were roaring for him. It was unbelievable. Like that's why he's not going to Bellator. You know, they just want to yeah. keep him and keep him away from Bellator. But yeah, um, although Dana, did, Dana and him have had a pretty rocky relationship over the years. You never know what what uh, Roy Nelson would do. <laughs> 
as long as he doesn't piss off anybody, I think he should be all right. He'll probably get rewarded with a, a new contract sure. for his for his popularity and his uh, his uh, history in the UFC. Yeah, uh, Mr. Rogers again asked: Are any of DJ's opponents on the same level as Rashad Shogun, DC, Gustafson, Machida, Rampage that John Jones has beaten? I, like Joseph Benavidez is a very good fighter. Like, a lot of people thought he was going to just take that division when when it was made first. And I think he's a he's a very good fighter. I think like Hayes isn't a bad fighter. I wouldn't put him up there with the level of those. Um, I think Henry Cejudo is a good fighter. Obviously, Olympic gold medal. So you know, there's there's a few like Benavidez is obviously the one that sticks out. Ian McCall as well, although he beat him before he won the title. But like those are two very very good fighters. I think. But uh, yeah, the, like the level. There's no doubt in that. Like there's no denying that that the level of guys he's beaten is not on the same level as what Jones has been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Shane Kiley at Shane KSE85 is a fight with Gega Marsassi the closest thing Robert Whitaker can get to a tune up before a f- possible future middleweight title fight um, I don't know what do you think they'll do I, I think they'll probably try to rush him into a big fight against someone like I think they'll I think Yoel Romero he's going to fight next to be honest because mm. Yoel <coughs> Yoel's looking for a fight like he hasn't fought in a good while and uh, well he's fought he didn't fight that long ago but Yoel is not going to wait around I don't think for uh, for Bisping and GSP because if GSP Bisping might not fight anyone ever again you know if he beats Bis if he beats GSP and GSP definitely isn't going to fight Yoel Romero. If he uh, if he wins, so I think Joel would be better off taking a fight, and I think Bobby Knuckles is the man who <laughs> they, they might want to keep him because he is kind of valuable being Australian and, and he's kind of in his favor. They had a stadium show over there before with, with Ronda Rousey as the main event, and it, I think it's so, the tickets sell well anyway. I'm not sure about the pay per view. I think the pay per view did sell well, didn't it? Uh, which one was that? Ronda Rousey headlined the stadium in yeah, you, you so uh, WME are looking to make to make some some money <laughs> in, in the stadium. They they could want to protect Whitaker uh, yeah. from somebody like Yoel Romero. Next question is along those lines as well uh, from Nate Gildea. Fair play to him. Go over and follow him at Nate Gildea. With WME IMG putting on a lot of money fights, do you think that's he kind of says is that the right or wrong way to go? And should they be protecting fighters? I think he's kind of getting along the, maybe the Watterson, Jacare mm. uh, route there, who, who could have been. I think it's it's not like there's no blanket answer. It's kind of individual basis, individual division. Um, it's it, it's the fight business. It's it's not like a, a league where like there's, there's fixtures. So it's always been like this. It isn't just a WME ING thing. It has gone a little bit. All the stupid belts and all have kind of rubbed people the wrong way and stuff. But this isn't a new. Uh, this isn't a new thing. This uh, making the, the the fights that don't necessarily make the the ranking sense or the consensus sense, but the ones that they, the casuals will be drawn into. So I, I think, think people. I think people get this twisted an awful lot as well. There's two money fights in the UFC, possibly three. Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, GSP, and maybe Nate Diaz is around there as well, I think. No, no one else is a money fight. Let, let's be honest here. Like Michelle Watterson, I really like her. She's gotten a lot, a lot of a push. But her against, um, her against anyone in that division, that's not a money fight. She's a great fight. Like People want to see that fight. Like Jacques 
Grev fighting Bisping, that's not a money fight. Let's be honest here. That that does the same as Jack here against UL, does the same or sort of Bisping against UL, Bisping against anyone apart from GSP. That's why GSP is getting the fight. So like I think the whole uh they're not really money fights, they're just making the best fights, I think, which is I've no problem with, which is which is good to see to be honest. But um there you go. Uh do, 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 do. Odd questionnaire from Brian Lynch at Lynch Bryn MT. Have you ever had a dream about Luke Thomas? If so, what was it about? <laughs> I very rarely remember my dreams, but I'm pretty sure I definitely haven't had a <laughs> dream about Luke Thomas. I, I, I have very, very weird dreams sometimes. I had a dream there a few weeks ago that I I didn't pay my, my uh, TV license and someone, <laughs> they came to my house and I was there with one of my friends and we, we like jumped out the back wall over the back of my house and then we caught onto a helicopter and uh <laughs> they, they cut us down off the helicopter and we la- no we landed on a train and they were yeah we no we landed on the helicopter and then we landed on a train and got away and we got to like a pub and then they came again and they took us away and then we found out it was just like we were getting punked which brings us to our next question which is about cm punk from nakil Dea. i think the ufc should roar mighty mouse for putting him on a pay-per-view card with dc and jones for his next title defense what are your thoughts on them stacking card with him on it maybe even bring back cm punk help um yeah yeah that's that's the perfect place for him when you really want to stack a card you stick him under a huge fight um that's that's the best spot for him i think good good question here from patrick sheehan at patchy one two three how many of the top five at bantamweight would you pick to be to beat mighty mouse okay i'll, I'll name it for you cody garbrandt um Um, make a fucking decision for fuck's sake! Come on. Yeah, I go. I I, I lean towards Cody Garbrandt to be honest. Yeah, I'd go Demetrius. Dominic, I think Dominic beats him. Dominic, yeah. TJ, I think. Demi- I think Demetrius beats TJ. Give me a great fight. Rafael Lessons, I think TJ. I think DJ, DJ easily. Yeah. Yeah, John yeah, Lineker, DJ easy. Definitely wins that. Yeah, and Jimmy Rivera. Yeah, I think the rest of them. Well. Yeah, the rest of them. Uh, yeah, he beats him all. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, he also asked Dimitri Johnson against Ray Borg. Thoughts on that? Is the next possible title fight? That's not going to sell well. <laughs> yeah. I'd like Don't to see, see I think it'd be a good fight. I think he's fast. He need to be fast against Mighty Mouse, and he's very exciting as well, so I'd like to see it. Philip O'Connor, fair play to him. Is Mighty Mouse the whisper gold of mixed martial arts? He is, 100%. 100%. Uh, he's the, he's the Milky Way crispy roll, I think. What's your favorite bar? Mine, mine is definitely the Whisper Gold. Probably at the moment, it's the Milky Way crispy roll. Is that a bar though? Don't it's small, a small, and it's it's like DJ. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, who uh, Andrew Pearson has asked for Var Palady, who at middleweight beats Whitaker? Nobody, he says, and should he jump Romero in line in line after his amazing knockout? And he says yes. Who do you think in middleweight beats him? Um, I think Rockhold. I like that fight. I think it'd be a good fight. Rockhold. I'm not saying he's overrated, but he's very, very good, obviously. But he's been knocked out hard twice there recently, and like uh, Whitaker does hit hard as well, so I could see him knocking him out, but. <sighs> Mm, yeah, I'd probably go with it. I think Bisping would be a good fight. I think he'd win that. I, R- Romero, Romero's very athletic. Like Romero could close that distance. Yeah. Romero is like forty years old as well, though. So yeah, yeah. He has great takedown defense as well. Whitaker does. Like I, oddly, I think Anderson Silva would be a tough matchup for Whitaker, just because of his countering nature. And if if Whitaker, if he forced Whitaker to come on to him, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anderson's is very chinny at this age, but yeah, no, he's 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 still very very dangerous. Anderson, um, he's like he can throw a crazy kick or jumping knee out of nowhere and knock somebody out one strike. So that that's always dangerous. But he's he's a shadow. The ghost of Anderson Silva is is the guy fighting. Not the real Anderson Silva. That is true. That is true. Well, we have a couple from um, right from Facebook. John McCall. Why is Ben Askren not in the UFC, Graham? Um, because uh, he's really boring. In Dana's eyes. Yeah, that, that is simple. He's not in there because he wouldn't play the game, basically. And he, you need to play the game if you're a guy Dana White doesn't really want in the UFC. And he's massively overrated as well. Yeah, he is a little bit. People deep. call him like, oh, he's the pound for, or he'd beat the champ. Like, oh, no, he wouldn't. His striking is horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, David Johnson as well asked about Artem. We talked about the puncher chance, but he said, uh, "Could you give like a, a possible break, a little breakdown of a possible game plan he could put in place to get the W?" I, I, I think, as I said there, like Cub reaches in a lot from the outside, just to counter that, counter his jabs with a left hook and try to knock him out, hit him clean on the chin, because Cub does let, leave himself open there. Now Cub is fast, and he, I think he's faster than Artem as well. But I think that's if he can time him and hit him hard. He can knock him out, you know. That's yeah. that's especially early in the first round when he's when he's fresh. I think is is by far the most likely. If Lawrence's going to win, he's going to win early. I think. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Like it, a puncher, the puncher chance is a thing in boxing where you kind of it's not real, you know, because rarely the guys who have a puncher chance use that and knock guys out. But never made that's it's an open possibility at all times. So, like, it's it's an open possibility at all times here for five rounds, but I still think, you know, I still think Cobb will win, but it's it's always a possibility. I'd, you know, yeah. I'd give it a small. It's, it's a little less it, as the divisions get heavier, the puncher chance becomes bigger. Like the the, the featherweights, like it's, it's harder to it's harder to land with the force to to knock out than it is at heavyweight, obviously. So, uh, the, the, like the the puncher chance against Demetrius Johnson for a hundred twenty five pounder mm-hmm. is slimmer than it is for for like. When he's being knocked out, Rockall. Maybe if if DJ got hit with a with the exact same exact same technique that Rockall got hit with, he would he would be hit. He'd be hit hard and maybe stopped in his tracks, but he wouldn't be fallen and rocked. Very true, very very true. Right, that's another week in the books. Looking forward to your all your reactions. Please tweet it out, put it on Facebook, everywhere. Tag us in it. We'll retweet it. We'll we'll give you a like. All like that. Follow us at Severe Maypod. We'll follow you back. I'll, actually, we got to 5,000 followers f- following, and now we can't follow anyone else. So I don't know. I think if you follow us, we can follow you back or something like that. But um, we'll try to get that sorted. Follow Graham at Graham MMA and at Severe MMA. Follow me at Sean Sheehan Ba. Uh, like my Facebook page as well, Sean Sheehan MMA. Like the Severe MMA Facebook page. Go over Instagram as well at Severe MMA. Give us a like there. I'm running that page now, putting up lots of good stuff. Graham, anything else? No, that's it. Right, lads. Thanks very much. Here we go. If you're not willing to learn, no one can help you. If you're determined to learn, no one can stop you. See you next Tuesday. Or Monday. <laughs>